0: Chapter 11 Pandemonium About ten years after I started writing and publishing my books, I was visited by someone. Or should I say, something. Because when I first met them, they were not in the greatest of shape, physically, emotionally nor psychologically. I was visited by a fawn. But not just any fawn that you may have seen depicted in literature, such as Mr. Tumnus from C.S. Lewis's Sublime The Chronicles of Narnia book series. No. 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 This was THE fawn. The one and the only Pan. Yes, Pan. The Pan. Not Peter Pan. The original Pan. He had the horns, the tail, the goat legs, and he was even holding some pipes. Oh yes, this was THE Pan that everybody had heard about and read about from all the Greek myths the god of the wilderness himself. And I will admit that when I first met him, I was a little, I was a little starstruck, you could say. Why? Well, because I'd never met anybody mythological before. And until the moment I met Pan, I didn't actually believe that any of the tales of gods and goddesses were really true, because they were mythology, not history. But it turns out that mythology and history are sometimes the same thing just told from different points of view. He looked old, tired, worn out when I first saw him, after he appeared right in front of me while I was taking my daily walk around the grounds of my home and thinking about my place in the world and where I saw things going for everybody in the future. At this point I would lived through more wars than I could count on both hands, and more changes in the worldwide political landscape than I could fully comprehend. Some of the political changes that have been made because of my influence in world events as a result of my interactions with some world leaders, but some of the most chaotic things that have happened will be on my or anybody's control. Sometimes you can be powerful at the same time that you feel powerless, and if you don't believe me then ask the dinosaurs that once roamed this planet. Which you cannot because a they're all dead and b Even if you could talk to a dinosaur, they would more than likely kill you before you could even open your mouth, especially the carnivores of the species, like a Tyrannosaurus. So, he, Pan, just appeared from out of nowhere. Like I said, he looked more than a little worse for wear when I first saw him. It took a few seconds for him to realise that he was indeed alive, awake, breathing air once again. And it took him a while to realise that I was not a threat to him, because it initially seemed that when I first began speaking to him, he could not understand me. It took Pan some time to find his bearings, and to regain the ability to stand up on his hooves, but after about half an hour, I would say, he was standing and talking back to me. Pan explained later on that he was blessed with the ability to be able to learn, to understand and to speak any language after only hearing someone else speak a few random syllables from the language that he wished to communicate in. And he said that it was a gift that he had inherited from his father, who was a master of messages, languages and speed. He told me that he thanked his father for the gift of being a walking universal translator, but he also informed me that he held a grudge against his father for imprisoning him in some kind of repeating temporal existence, essentially a time loop from which Pan could not escape. Eventually, I invited Pan to enter my home, and he and I sat in the great room of my mansion home on two armchairs in front of a raging fire that was burning in the grand fireplace, which Pan told me he had never seen anything the like of before. So, your father trapped you? Why? I asked Pan, still completely starstruck and entranced by him at this point, especially as the reflections of the flames of the fire struck the horns upon his head. He told me once that I was stuck in the woods for my own good, so that I could live while others died. He told me long ago, just before he trapped me, with nowhere else to go, that the time of the gods, goddesses, and creatures such as me would change irrevocably, and that as time went on we would all turn into something called mythology, explained Pan in a lyrical way of speaking that I found fascinating to listen to. It was like he was singing every sentence, as if everything had to be akin to the verse of a poem. And he was right. Your father must have had the gift to be able to see the future, because most of the gods and goddesses are now only considered mythological characters, for the most part. Even you! Before I met you, I did not even know that you were in fact real, and that you were in fact the son of a god! Hermes! I mean that is, that is, that is mind blowing! Yesterday I only believed that you, your father and all the gods of Greek mythology were just mere stories and tales and today I find out that it's all real? Gods are real? I mean, wow, that's amazing, I replied, noticeably excited and emphatically overjoyed to be sitting next to a literal legend. If you say so, Your Majesty, and you, you are this world's king, the ruler of everything? asked Pan as he took a sip of the glass of water that I had had brought in and set down on a table next to where he was sitting. You could say that, but I tend to position myself as far away from the limelight as possible and manipulate things from the shadows, I explained, as I took a sip of my glass of B-positive blood that I had brought in for myself to wet my appetite, which I rarely did, but this seemed like the right time to do so. Talking to Pan, as Pan talked back to me, was personally like talking to a rock star or someone famous or something. So much so that I almost wanted to ask Pan for his autograph, but of course I thought against doing so. Ah, so it seems as if you have much in common with my grandfather. Zeus, ever heard of him? He used to call himself the King of the Gods, if you can imagine someone saying such a thing, replied Pan with a wry smile. I smiled in response. Because yes, I could imagine someone calling themselves the King of the Gods. In fact, that sounds like something I might have said after a thrilling victory of some kind or after writing a brand new story that I believe was unparalleled to anything anybody else had ever written. Yes, I had an ego back then, the size of Texas, and I wasn't afraid to show it. Yes, I can imagine that. I myself am seen of as a... God in the eyes of my people, I explained with a smile. You are? And what or who are you the king and the god of, exactly? Your Majesty, asked Pan, as he stared directly at me. We are collectively called vampires, but the majority of the vampires of this world are merely half-breeds, and they are not pure vampires, as I am. I was the original progenitor, and the one who created the entire race and society of this world who now call themselves vampires. From one came thousands. Impressive, wouldn't you say? I replied, almost breaking into tune as I broadcasted my importance and my significance to the entirety of the vampire race to Pan. You must be very powerful. What makes you so indomitable? asked Pan. I am, and the power that I embody is that of the ultimate survivor. Like your father and all the other gods that you must have known and encountered throughout your existence, I am immortal. I cannot die. I mean, I have died, multiple times, but I always return to life," I replied, as I got up from my seat still holding the glass of blood in my right hand as I stood in front of the burning fire and looking down at the still-seated fawn, Pan. Were your parents blessed with what you are gifted? Did you have siblings that also shared what you have been embodied with? asked Pan, as he too stood up so that he could match my eyeline. No, and no. No, my parents were vessel makers, coffin makers. Containers within which vampires, where I came from, used to rest, but containers that some of the humans of this reality are placed into after they have died so that they can be protected from the elements after their lifeless body has been lowered into the ground, in most cases. And no, no siblings either. In fact, I didn't know I was so invulnerable and so immortal until I died and came back to life as if nothing had even happened, and without a scratch on me, I explained, as in that moment I simultaneously had a flashback within my mind to when I was unceremoniously killed by my then wife, Ophelia. I must say that if nothing else, you do sound like a god, Your Majesty. I believe that you and Zeus would get on wonderfully. You also sound like a rebel, a trait that I believe my father has been demonstrating on many levels. However, to the chagrin of my family, as I am sure you can imagine, said Pan with a devilish smile, which is the only way that I can accurately know how to describe that smile of his in that moment, as well as in subsequent moments. He did have horns, after all. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. I'm sure that both Zeus and I and your father and I would have much to say to one another, I replied with a smile as I raised my glass of blood to Pan. The pleasure is all mine, your majesty, replied Pan with a smile and with a slight nod of the head. Call me Vega, please, I replied jovially. Thank you for inviting me into your home. I've not seen such a remarkable structure since the last time I was in Rome said Pan, as he once again looked around the cavernous interior of my home's wood-paneled great room, as I had always known it to be called. "'You are my guest, and you are free to stay here as long as you would like,' I said with a smile. "'I truly appreciate your hospitality, Your Majesty. However, I fear that soon my father will discover that I am here, and he will once again transport me back into that dimension between worlds,' For my own safety, as he might say, replied Pan, sounding almost sad at the prospect of his father appearing and removing him from reality, seemingly against his will. Could you not ask your father to leave you alone to live a normal life once again? Perhaps I could reason with him on your behalf. Perhaps I could convince your father to allow you to stay here with me so that I may protect you and make sure that you do not come to any harm or cause any harm, I asked, in full confidence in that moment that I could convince anybody to do anything, even something which someone might not at first think is a good idea to do. I would appreciate any help that you could give me, Your Majesty, Uh, Vega. But you do not know my father as I do. He is the master communicator when he wants to be, but he is prone to having mood swings, and most recently he has apparently developed a short fuse. I believe that that is the right analogy in this day and age, is it not?" replied Pan. I believe so, but I too am somewhat of a master communicator myself. I'm a writer. I'm a king. And I am also a god, so I would say that I could convince your father to see things our way if I tried, I replied with an arrogance in my voice and a swagger in my body language, another language that I could tell Pan could easily understand. However, my arrogance was short-lived, because as the grandfather clock in the great room struck ten o'clock in the evening, both Pan and I felt a shudder. Like there had been a slight tremor of an earthquake, and suddenly on the other side of the great room I caught sight of a man dressed all in black, Pan's father, Hermes.